You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin today by calling in the Helping Spirits to be with us. So I call out to your ancestral helping spirits and to mine. I call out to all of those people who were here before us, those who lived well and died well, those who met the challenges of their time in a good way, those who learned deeply from their lives and in this way become this collective legacy that we can draw on and bring all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines to us. May they be with us in a way and may we relate to them in a way that we can use these teachings learn from those who have gone before us, and stand up in our own time in a better way. And I reach out beyond these human ancestors to those beings who were here long before anyone ever dreamt up a human. I call out to those non-human ancestors, ever older, those who hold this great web of life with us here on this planet. I call out to these ancestors and ask them to join us as well, to help us to remember to not make things so complicated to be simple, to be daily, and to surrender in to our true nature, that which holds the blueprint of who we truly are, and to bring that energy into each day through our thoughts and our words and our choices. So I call out to all of these ancestors, and as they gather around us here today, let us gather ourselves. Let's draw our awareness from wherever it might be into our head, and take a nice deep breath and draw it from our head to our heart. And again, from our heart down to our belly. And let's take a moment and reach out to the earth. Let's stop all the other things that we're doing and just take a moment with the earth to give gratitude for this day. Gratitude for your life and all that it entails. All the crazy things that have happened, you haven't yet figured out how to understand them as gifts. And all those gifts that life has brought you that you have already received. We give gratitude for it all. We give gratitude for the beauty and the diversity all around us in life. And we give thanks for the generosity in this dreaming. That all things can change as long as we are still breathing to make those changes. And so with enormous gratitude and awe for life itself... Let us send our energy down through all the layers of the earth, imagining our energy moving in some way down to the layers as our gratitude pours out into the earth layer by layer until we reach the very center of the earth. And as we uh, connect there in the very center of the earth, let us tune into this energy that nourishes all things, that is before the abundance that we all share and that we all need Uh, to survive and that we all engage with to thrive we call out to that energy that is still and dark that is cool and quiet and we call this energy into ourselves just as we draw in that fresh water on a hot day drawing it in to replenish and restore and renew and we draw this energy up up into our bodies our bellies and our hearts and our minds and we call up this energy of the earth this wisdom of manifestation and we ask this energy to help us to understand ever more deeply in each day how to ground ourselves here on the earth in our body in the moment and from this choice to be grounded to know who we are and where we stand and as we come to understand where where we stand and what we stand for may we build a sense of community around that a sense of home a sense of belonging and a sense of hearth in our very fast-paced lives may we create a true sense of home that restores and renews and that is sanctuary may we do this in a way that there is always a place open for the other that the other might come in and provoke us through rich conversation and challenge and differences to truly grow into the men and the women that we have come here to be. And we call on this energy of the earth to help us to understand this way of connecting, 
this way of connecting also within ourselves, with our environment, and with the invisible world. And may we draw from that connection the blessing in this day, in some moment, to connect into this great web of life and understand a sense of right relationship from our place in the oneness of all things. And with this energy coming up into our body, renewing and restoring, let us send our energy up through the sky, out through the atmosphere, out into the cosmos, all the way to the highest power of the universe. And by whatever way you understand this energy, see yourself in it and it in you. Reach into this energy and draw it down into yourself, into your day, into these proceedings. We draw down this energy of blessing and protection. We draw down the commitment and devotion and the benevolence of our universe. We call in all the wisdom of the cosmos for inspiration and illumination. And we draw in the beneficence of this great experience that we call life. We call it in, into our head and our heart and our belly and send it down to the center of the earth. And in this way, we open up and illuminate and revitalize and energize the center channel within our being. And we connect the heaven and the earth, these two great legendary lovers. From this great love affair comes all this experience of physical life as we know it. We give great gratitude to these two legendary lovers and the big love in which we all exist. And may that big love awaken the spirit of our own hearts. May our hearts awaken and open up that crucible of transformation that we each are. And may we call up the fiery passions of the belly and call down the crystal clarity of the mind and draw these two very different energies together in the heart where the dynamic tension between the two can give birth to that third and most sacred thing. Some sense, some feeling, some memory, some understanding, some risky possibility of why you are here. And may you find the courage in your human heart to do something in this day, large or small, to bring those gifts into the world. And for all the spirit help that we have in these endeavors, I give great gratitude. May what needs to be said be said here today, and what needs to be heard be heard. And may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. For those of you that are tuning in to Why Shamanism Now for the first time, Why Shamanism Now is listener-supported. And that means that listeners have chosen to donate to the show because it moves them in their heart. And they have allowed that, that movement in the heart, this most shamanic of actions, to let what moves your heart motivate your actions in the world. And uh, listeners have been donating to the show so that the show could stay alive and on the air. So I give gratitude to Alice, to Belle, Hannah, Mary, to Hamish, Deb, and William, and all the listeners who donate financially to the show. Um, you can do this yourself by going to whyshamanismnow.com, click on the support button, scroll down, and donate any amount you want, large or small. It all goes directly to keeping the show on the air. And the show has been listener-supported now for about four or five years, and I'm deeply grateful for this. And I'm also grateful for those of you who, although you are not able to support the show financially are able to support it in other ways by drawing these teachings into your life into your own shamanic practice learning to journey working in a better way in your life um, wrestling with the ideas in the show sending questions that become new shows and help us to keep the show truly alive and offering us um, relevant um, explorations of how to bring shamanism to our everyday contemporary lives in a practical way to help us to truly meet the challenges of our time. So I'm grateful for all of you um, who are helping the show in all of these many ways. We give thanks to co-creatornetwork.com for producing and supporting the show and all of the many, many small things that happen um, that allow the archives to be available to anyone in the world who can get on the internet for free. And so thank you. Thank you, everyone. I'd also like to give thanks to our guest today, Mary Shutan, who has returned to join us today. Thank you, Mary. Thank you for having me again. So Mary has yet another fabulous book, and so she's joining us today to talk about her next new book called The Complete Chord Course, Working with Chords Through Energy Work and Shamanic Healing. And for those of you that don't know, um, 
first off, Mary's last name is spelled S-H-U-T-A-N, so you can find her out there on the internet land. Um, She runs a personal blog that covers a variety of thought-provoking spiritual subjects and offers an email-based programs and individual consultations worldwide for people experiencing kundalini, spiritual awakenings, um, psychic abilities, shamanic callings, all of these things that don't always come to us in gentle and graceful ways and other spiritual experiences. (laughs) And um, she helps people learn how to understand what's going on for them, how to navigate it, how to gain skills to work with it. And she's um, particularly known for her distance healing work. So for those of you that are in far-fung places listening to Why Shamanism Now and wondering how you can get um, help in, in those far-flung flung places that you live, um, you can certainly contact Mary um, at maryshutan.com. It's all very easy. <laughs> um, Mary is a spiritual healer who spent 10 years focusing a tremendous amount of her own energy and research on exploration and transformation to understand how her own sensitivities and abilities worked for her, which has led her through four years of Chinese medicine school, certifications in uplager style and biodynamic cranial sacral therapy, Asian body therapy, massage therapy, zero balancing, Reiki, energy work, root work, meditation, as well as practices and um, so she has a, a vast perspective on all of this stuff that many of us don't have the words to even wrap around the experiences that we're having and for those of you that don't know if you're just tuning in today Mary joined us a couple months ago to share her previous book The Spiritual Awakening Guide Kundalini Psychic Abilities and the Conditioned Layers of Reality and this is uh, published by Finthorn Press and this focuses specifically on helping others with their own spiritual awakening awakenings um, psychic abilities waking up different you know am I having a spiritual calling or particularly fluid week what's going on (laughs) so anyway we are live today and um, if you have any questions you're welcome to call in at 512-772-1938 you as always you can Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site you can email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. And if you'd like to simply email questions to Mary, um, you can email her at lotusbodywork at me.com, me.com. Um, okay, so um, again, Mary, thank you for joining us today in our topic of courting. It's, drawn, it's interesting. It's drawn a lot of interest. Um, it's just one of those words that I think gets Googled a lot and everybody talks about it and everybody's got their own way to deal with it. And I just want to share with my listeners that there's been a lot of requests for shows about cording and cord clearing and cord cutting. And I've been fairly um, dragging my feet about doing that. And and what Mary's book offers uh, the, is an opportunity to look at this um, in a way that Mary doesn't say this is what a cord is and what it looks like and making everybody follow that drummer. Instead, it's a book that says this is kind of what's going on and you need to find your own way to understand this and that you can find your own way to understand this and that if it's not happening easily the very first time you try you need to practice (laughs) and these are all heard me say a thousand times but even more important I mean I think that that's the reality of working with energy and everybody needs to get a grip on that but even more important about this book that Mary unlike every other reference I have found she breaks this process down to truly the most basic steps and then builds up from there and that's actually the piece I realized in reading the book I had been looking for because it's actually I don't know how to do that (laughs) so (laughs) that was really it's not how I learned it and so I didn't know how to break it down to smaller pieces than what I had learned and so this is really really an excellent reference especially if you're one of those people that don't think you're intuitive because of course you are uh, but anyway, even for those people who think, oh, I can't possibly do this, this is the book for you. So with all that said, Mary, let's start out once again because this is a word a lot of people use and I think they're actually all talking about different things. So let's talk about what do you mean, Mary, when you're talking about chords and courting? 
Yeah, so it is one of those words that's kind of tossed around a lot and nobody quite kind of is talking about the same thing. So if we're going to be really specific about it, accord um, is just an energetic connection between one conscious energy to another. So a lot of people refer to cording specifically in terms of um, one living human to another, meaning interpersonal relationships. And that certainly is um, a very important aspect of courting work. But we can really be courted to, to anything. We be, can be courted to um, other living people, of course, but we can also be courted to places, events, things, you know, anything that we essentially share energy with, we develop these cords to. Um, and so that would generally be my, my basic definition, is just an energy exchange between one conscious energy to another. And um, would you consider sort of basic awareness of cords and basic skills for clearing and cutting cords sort of like fundamental to a human being sort of everyday energy hygiene? Yeah, I really, it is really one of those tools and it's one of the reasons why I, I wrote the book, in fact, that I would consider it really in my top three of energetic hygiene, such as you need to do this, whether or not you consider yourself intuitive or even on a spiritual path. I have plenty of people who have contacted me who are nurses and doctors and teachers and retail store clerks who are like, thank you for teaching me this because I come into contact with so many people who need my help and I feel really drained. And through this, mm -hmm. I'm able to feel a bit better. And these are not people who are, you know, consider themselves shamans or spiritual or, you know, necessarily have any sort of beliefs at all, but they, um, they find these tools helpful. And so what, what just, just um, in general, well, even for you, as you learn to do this kind of, you know, your basic hygiene, um, what changed in your life? How, you know, in, in real practical terms, how did it make things different? You know, one of the biggest ways that it changed my existence is that I not only had an awareness of kind of what was coming at me, um, I used to be in such kind of a state of spiritual overwhelm and just overwhelm overall that it was. And so just kind of figuring out the tools, and this was certainly a big one of how to know what is in my body, what is in my field, basically what's going on, um, has been a tremendous tool for me to do things like become embodied, know who I am, know where my energy is going, know what energy is coming at me. And also, I get a lot of people coming towards me, and I had this experience myself, who say, you know what, I don't know what's going on, I'm a nurturer-type personality, and I'm just so fatigued all the time. And if you look at their energetic cords, they're giving much more energy in their relationships than they're receiving. And so this is such a huge and common problem. And when they learn cord work and when they learn to kind of energetically stand up for themselves, some or a large portion of that fatigue starts to dissipate. So in general, I mean, beyond just talking about kind of energetic hygiene is sort of like a, a buzzword or something mm -hmm. like that. It can really make you feel better and it can have, um, help you have healthier, happier relationships and really release a lot of trauma and old emotions and old experiences out of your current relationships as well as your old ones. And I, I know that for me, I have a tendency to be, um, I don't have, a, I'm not one of those people that has a bunch of friends, but I tend to be deeply loyal and really invest in people's potential. And I lose that boundary between who a person really is and what's their potential. And I tend to and I found that I, what I learned once I learned about courting and clearing and that kind of what was going on with energy was what was my cord to someone and what was actually my true heartfelt loyalty to them. And that was all mm -hmm. smushed together. And once I sorted that out, the relationships were so much less weighty and um, dramatic. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, and and just more breath and life, and they were also able to 
especially coming from a small town where you know everybody for so long, the relationships were able to start to transform and really catch up with who people are in present time, not be so dragging this anchor of who we have been. Yeah, and that's really one of the biggest things that you can learn through cord work is that you might have an excellent relationship with somebody or a deep relationship with somebody, but you courted to them initially you started kind of that blueprint, that energy exchange between both of you 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and you're a much different person than you are, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, and your relationship should sort of shed those past energies, that past concept of self, so you can really move and kind of flow into a deepening and new relationship with with who both of you are. Um, and in some cases, this doesn't happen. And working with cords and learning specifically how to alter them, which I go over later in the book, um, can really help for uh, relationships to sort of blossom and open up, even if you're not wanting to, you know, cut that person out of your life or, or something like that. So it's really wonderful for current as well as um, older relationships. Yeah. So so we're we're talking a little bit around a point you started to bring up when you were talking about nurses and you know people that see a lot of people in their just daily practice of whatever their profession is. And you were commenting about seeing how people were giving away so much more energy than was returning to them. So talk a little bit about your sense of cords that are healthy in the sense of balance and then cords that become energetically incompatible or out of balance yeah so ideally a healthy energetic connection means that we have a cord that has energy flowing through it um, and that is kind of a positive thing we all actually need cords in order to feel connected to people to feel connected to places um, but ideally these cords will be healthy, meaning that we don't have a lot of pain or past hurts or trauma associated with, with them. We don't have a lot of negative thoughts um, being transferred through the cord from one person to the other. And the cord has an equal energy balance, meaning that ideally in our relationships, we would be giving 50% and the other person would be giving 50%. It would be even energy exchange. And this is true even in relationships with, um, you know, mother or father and child or teacher and student or anything like that. We are really intended, of course, in different ways to give as much as we receive. The difficulty is, is that this rarely happens. And in cases where it's something like 60-40, it isn't that big of a deal but in, in a lot of cases, if we have a lot of cords in which we're giving 90% and the people that we're corded to are giving 10%, this can be really incredibly draining. And we most of us will not have a clear concept of what is happening other than the fact that we feel really fatigued and we might call ourselves an empath and or, or something like that or just think that it's part of our job to be really tired after, you know, being a social worker and seeing, you know, five, ten patients a day or something like that. Um, and while we should have physical fatigue, um, spiritual fatigue is a much different, much different matter. And and for the most part, people are pretty unconscious, right, of, of, of their cords and that. It's not like people are intentionally saying, I'm going to take 90% and I'm going to give you 10. <laughs> yeah, it's not like I... I will say, I will not say never, but it is, um, especially because I have a lot of, you know, kind of feelers out in a lot of different mm -hmm. communities and a lot of different types of friends. But I would say 99% of people are really unconscious about this. It's not like somebody wants to go into a situation and be like, you know what, I want to give all of my energy to this person. Or like somebody else goes into a situation and is like, you know what, I want to drain the energy of absolutely everybody that I meet tonight. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not like somebody sets out um, 
I would say again, 99% of the time to really be an energy vampire or, or something like that, or to be a nurturer to the extent that they're completely depleting themselves and their reserves. But it just, it just happens. And um, doing cord work and really becoming conscious and aware of how you interact with people and how you give and receive energy is one of those tools that's so essential to really learn how to, um, how, like, basically what you're doing with yourself. <laughs> Well, and I want to reiterate something that I already said, which is it's also a great way for people that really don't want to really know anything else <laughs> spiritually or psychically or anything. You know, they're not, they don't see themselves as that type of person. It's just an important tool to use if you work with people. And it, and it, and it you know, no one has to know you're doing it. <laughs> Yeah. All they know, all they know, is they'd rather bring their car to you because you're easier and cleaner to work with. You know, yeah. it's, it is now, one of those basic. It is one of those basic tools that really anyone can use. And people do. You mentioned it earlier. People get really hung up on the fact of like, oh, I don't consider myself to be psychic or clairvoyant or something like that. And specifically, the way I teach and the way that I present things in this book. Um, is that you can work with your sense of knowing. You can work with simple doing simple body scans or just how your body is feeling in particular areas. And all of us, no matter how like dense we may think we are, we can we can utilize those and learn right. how to use those tools. Yeah. So there's a couple other things. It just kind of basic, which is we do want to acknowledge that there is a percentage of people out there that are conscious about how to use cords to to take perhaps more than they deserve and so we're not we're, we're not presenting a new age unicorns and rainbows view here that there are people who are capable to use these connections very intentionally and sometimes harmfully yeah and so that's kind of that one percent that i talk about mm -hmm. and quite frankly a lot of us will not run into them i run into them quite frequently because of my work because i do spiritual healing as a career um and just because i meet people who have kind of some people have nat natural capabilities but there are all sorts of situations out there where people um learn how to work with courting mechanisms to create harm or you know to cause just to basically to kind of energetically feed themselves and but i always caution people like you know when you hear about stuff like that it really is the one percent and likely unless you you know are deep into spiritual work or into specific communities the chances of you running into somebody that's unconsciously doing these things versus consciously um is really minimal yeah and then, then, then there's also a lot of perspective out there that is just kind of like chords are bad perspective. Um, and this book really presents a different way of understanding that. So what's your sense about the whole, that perspective? You know, there is this part of the spiritual community, and I will say that's kind of like the mainstream, um, for lack of a better word, that really wants to clear everything. So, you know, there's all this stuff out now, like we need to clear our story, we need to clear our past, we need to, you know, clear everything. So, you know, we're just kind of like expressionless, dead from the neck down sorts of people. Um, and chords really are how we connect to people. It's how we feel connected to the earth, connected to our loved ones. Um, should we learn how to clear and cut cords to, you know, our ex-lover from five years ago that we never want to interact with again? Yes, that cord can go away and it can, you know, it can stay away. But um, we might want to alter a cord or work with a cord in a more gradual manner to family members, to loved ones, to all these people that we want to stay connected with, but maybe they could use some upkeep and some work. So we are intended to have cords. They're a natural part of our energetic anatomy. We're supposed to have them. It's just a question of if they're in a state of balance or not. And most people who haven't done cord work or haven't done it appropriately have so many cords from all of the different interactions that they've had over the course of their lifetime that, um, um, that they kind of don't know where to start or they kind of get these ideas that they just need to kind of clear the decks. Um, and, mm -hmm. and that isn't really the case. 
Okay, so Mary, what's the sort of the general symptoms a person might feel of cords needing some work? So the most basic symptom I've kind of gone over is is a sense of fatigue. Um, and that's kind of a general unconscious symptom, meaning that if we're going around and we're in a state of fatigue or a state of feeling ill all the time, um, and we've been to all the doctors and through that kind of gamut and we don't know what's going on, cords are generally a good thing to look at, meaning we've kind of crossed off all of the other stuff going on. We, you know, we don't have medical stuff going on, or even if we do, um, that would be kind of the number one unconscious symptom. If we're talking about conscious symptoms, we may be aware of people, um, first of all, that we're sending energy to, that we have relationships to, um, where there is a lot of chaos in a relationship, where there is a lot of past hurts that we cannot get past, where um, we find ourselves thinking negatively about the person. And that's kind of our accord projecting towards them. In terms of us receiving energy through a cord, the biggest symptom that comes up for people is actually through thoughts. And this can be kind of odd to explain, but sometimes people will come to me and they'll say something like, you know, I have a coworker and I don't know what's going on. I don't really care about them. I don't really talk about them much, but sometimes their face will pop in my head or sometimes I'll realize that they're angry at me and I don't know how. Um, and it will turn out that their coworker is sending them kind of jealous thoughts or is angry with them. And, you know, they haven't done anything to contribute to this. It's just the other person and their energy they're sending through the court. So those are, I mean, there are some other symptoms, but those are basically kind of the, the basics of, um, of cords and kind of becoming conscious of how we may want to learn how to work with cords or, or what may come up. Okay, so let's say someone says, okay, that's me. She just described me. So how would, how would the most sort of basic, how would they begin to identify cords? Yeah, so in the book I teach a very basic, um, it goes from pretty basic to advanced. But um, for the basics, I teach people first how to just kind of do a basic cord cutting and clearing. And what this will do is it will clear out what I call insignificant relationships. And that means that all of the cords that you've developed to, you know, your waiter from dinner or, you know, the dude down the street or something like that, um, those that we don't have energy really invested into, we, we are able to clear those. Um, and then we go on to kind of more significant relationships. And so I teach in the course to um, basically sit down with an awareness that you want to find a cord or some cords to work with and just to do a gentle body scan kind of going from feet to head and down the arms asking for an area of your body to highlight where there might be a cord and so I'm not necessarily fixated on people um, being like having this huge visual of a cord and you know everything like that I really take it step by step with people. And so they find an area of their body um, or ask for one to highlight. And then you just notice kind of what's happening in your body at that level. And so some people might find that they're experiencing pulling sensations or a sense of heaviness. Or some people who are more visual might actually sense a cord. Um, and then you are able to construct a visual or just sit with what that cord may look like or ask your sense of knowing kind of if there was a cord here and I could sense it, what would it be? What would it look like? Um, and then I teach people how to actually um, chat with the cord. So in a lot of the body work that I've done, that I've done a lot of the body mind work that I've done, we can actually talk to aspects of our body, talk to spiritual concepts, um, and treat them as if they are energies that we can carry on a separate and distinct conversation with. And this is how I do most of my spiritual work, in fact, that I work in concert with the body. I work in concert even with, you know, spirits and beings and all of that sort of stuff. It just tends to work much more effectively than treating it as something that we need to yank out or, or destroy or, or something like that. Um, but basically, you come in and you, you ask the cord what it's about, what you should know about it, um, and ask if it will come to a state of balance. 
Um, and then you just feel or visualize in your body what's going on. And chances are it's that it's likely to change, meaning that your felt sense, that heaviness, or your visual of the cord or your sense of knowing about the cord, you'll go, you know what, this feels a little bit lighter to me. Or, you know what, this cord can completely release. So um, obviously it gets a bit more complicated than that, but um, that's kind of the basics of it is doing a gentle body scan and kind of realizing what areas of our bodies might have cords and just sitting and coming into awareness of them and asking for them to, to balance or to basically tell us about themselves. Well, and, and as you describe in the book, even though we're talking about energy constructs, that they still are impacting our physical body, that there's mm-hmm. an overlay, that, and that, you know, the beauty of the physical body is it does respond well to questions. I mean, let, let me say that differently. The wisdom that our body knows comes out to us when we ask questions, and a lot of the reason people don't feel they're intuitive is they don't actually ask the questions. And so part of the beauty of the book is that there's lots of sequences of questions laid out for people that have never tried this. So you don't have to figure out what the questions are you should ask. You can just follow the template until you get the hang of how this kind of inner conversation works. It's a very question-driven process, but it's the question itself that provokes the answer. And the answers are all just there waiting to for somebody to listen to them. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. And um, that is kind of one of the, the beauties of the book is that I really focus it on people having their own direct experiences. I do not want to tell people how to experience chords or even necessarily what they may look like. I kind of give some guidelines for what I've experienced. And I always send out my work to kind of testers, people that I know that can do this type of work for feedback without kind of giving them my own experiences to see, (laughs) kind of see what they come back with. Um, But uh, in general, The beauty of this work is that we can come to awareness of something in our body that is of a spiritual nature and even just coming into awareness of, you know, this area of my body might have a cord and doing that without even knowing who it's to, without even talking to it or without even doing any of the advanced work, just acknowledging that area of your body, things will start to shift and come to a more balanced state because we've become conscious about it. So that's kind of one of the beauties of of doing this sort of work and doing it kind of in a progressive manner. Okay, so let's say someone is really diligent with this these basic practices in the in the beginning part of the book and let's say they are diligent they they do it every day for 30 days the and and all those the sort of insignificant um, cords are cleared and a lot of the I think of it as the underbrush has <laughs> kind of been <laughs> yeah. cleared right um, so so what you share some of the reasons that after people have done that th- there are cords that remain like and an example like a significant relationship or unresolved emotions or those sort of that first level of why after the basic work we would have a significant cord remaining and what's an an everyday example of what those cords feel like yeah so um why cords remain kind of after we do the basic work is that um we may have had a significant relationship with someone meaning that um there is trauma or there's emotions there that we still need to kind of reconcile, still need to process, still need to kind of understand. Um, in other cases, there's a lesson or some sort of understanding that we need out of the relationship before it can clear. Um, and in rare cases, um, we find that we may have a core that isn't to another living person or, um, or something like that. But generally, the biggest reason why cords remain is that we're not ready to release them. There's something we need to understand or know. And that's one of the reasons why I started developing this work is because I ran across all of these um, cutting and clearing methods and I started noticing all of these cords. And I started doing that work and I was frustrated because um, there were all these cords that remained no matter how often I did kind of the cutting and clearing and followed the instructions diligently and everything like that. 
And it was through the questioning process of these chords and really sitting with them is that I discovered kind of that, um, that they were two more significant relationships and that basically um, when we heal, when we heal from past relationships or we heal from anything, it really is through a titration method. And the people who work with me will probably recognize this speech, but we are not really capable, nor would it be wise for us to clear the decks, meaning that it wouldn't be wise for us to completely kind of jump in the middle of the ocean. What we work well with and how we really heal is to take a couple of steps forward and through more gradual healing work. Otherwise, we're going to encounter a bunch of resistance. We're going to encounter a bunch of fear. Um, it's just too much for, for us to go from, you know, for example, being a complete couch potato to going to yoga seven days a week. It's just not really going to happen. Um, but we can start going to yoga class once a week. We can start finding a chord and chatting with it and realizing why it's there and starting bit by bit to release the emotions to understand what we need to about the relationship. Um, and in that way, we can um, either choose to eventually clear it um, or to kind of have a healthier, balanced chord. And and how how does a person approach that when they realize that the that this kind of more persistent chord is is with a a really imbalanced power relationship and they're on the short end of the stick so they're the one who feels powerless how do they how do they ad- approach that well the first step for for that is awareness and it kind of acknowledging it and you know i keep on talking about that and people will think that that's such a simple thing but for us to realize that we're on the short end of the end of the stick is a powerful realization and one that we may be a little bit resistant to. So even saying, oh, wow, this person, you know, we're in a un- really unequal relationship there, you know, I have a toxic cord. Even that realization is a good place to start because what's going to start showing up is all of those ways that our relationship is toxic, that our relationship is really imbalanced. And then it's a gradual process of us being okay with taking our power back with us having a more equal relationship. So um, we can change chords, even if the person is really, you know, really one of a power hungry person or something like that. And again, we go to that 99% percentile thing and 99% of cases, you can work with chords and unequal relationships even if the person is powerful, it's a rare person that's able to have kind of, you know, that's a into deeply into magic or spiritual work that can kind of take our power um, without our permission. In most cases, it's really a case of us progressively realizing that we're in such an unequal relationship and that the energies coming through the cord are toxic or not something that we want in our life and step by step being okay with releasing the ideas, um, the experiences, the traumas um, on our kind of own timeline with our own readiness. And so it really is a gradual process, but it really can be profound. And even realizing that you can do that will extend to your other chords and your other relationships and really how you kind of live in your body and how you go about your life. And so let me just connect listeners. So this this particular piece really connects into the show about sovereignty and really talking about understanding your own personal sovereignty and and how you live into that. Um, just a little FYI to connect to a different show. So Mary, how do we um, – what now takes a chord – to the next level of advanced work. So what's happening when we move beyond these more significant relationships? Now, how do we step up? What what causes chords and our need then for practices to step up to the next level of advanced work? Yeah, and so kind of at the, at the last part of the book, um, most of the book is really focused on these interpersonal relationships. It's what people want to learn, and it's kind of work that is – immediately and pretty dramatically effective in our physical world. You know, we live in a world of people we have connections with. Um, As we clear kind of basic as well as intermediate and some of the advanced work of altering chords and, and letting that go, 
we start to discover that we have chords that are a natural part of our energetic anatomy, that are a natural part of our blueprint. Um, and these can be chords to, you know, our ancestral lineage, to past lives, um, to people, um, to places or events, um, and also to kind of different um, bodies, meaning our um, mental body, our etheric and astral bodies, um, and there is a chord as well through our midline um, that goes up into something that I call the cosmic chord. And these are all natural parts of our energetic anatomy. And as we start to clear out things, as we become more conscious, we start to become aware of our energetic blueprint. And these natural chords, meaning that they're supposed to be there, um, we'll become aware of and we'll be able to kind of work with them. So, so why shouldn't we be connected in in this way to other places or times um, that we might find ourselves corded to? What makes that a problem? So ideally, all of us would be in a free-flowing state, meaning that we would feel a certain sense of flow through our bodies and through our lives, but we, it would also be fully embodied, meaning fully in kind of the present, fully in our conscious, very human bodies. If we, if there is an aspect of ourselves, um, I think I use the example in the book of still being on vacation in Mexico five years ago, um, that is a difficulty um, and we want to recall all of those aspects of self, all of those kind of energies that are out there so we can feel vibrant, so we can feel happy, so we can um, not feel like an aspect of ourselves is missing or doesn't want to be on earth um, or doesn't want to be where we are. So in order, if I were to sum up, I would say in order for us to fully be happy with who we are and to feel kind of a sense of our personal power and to feel fully embodied. We need to be who we are, where we are, and not have energy be scattered other places. And so there's a way that we, in a sense, can more fully um, experience the whatever was great about that vacation in Mexico if we actually get ourselves here and don't keep a part of ourselves still on vacation. Yeah. So there's a difference between still being at a place versus having fond memories of a place. You know, there are certain places on earth that I really love and I have to be kind of careful that I don't sort of like wander, <laughs> wander there. Um, but uh, the focus I, I believe is for all of us to be conscious and, and embodied and fully invested in our lives and our present reality and our present kind of moment, whatever we're doing. Um, and so it's not a problem if we kind of are like, oh, wow, that vacation to Ireland or Mexico or something was incredible. That concert was incredible. Hey, do you remember our high school band? Wasn't that great? Um, and actually energetically still being present there, still being corded to that place in an unhealthy way where we're constantly obsessing about it or constantly thinking about it or wishing we were still there. And in a sense, kind of still sort of triggered and reactive about it instead of sort of this heartfelt response about it. Yeah. And so, I mean, if we're constantly wishing that we were a 17-year-old, you know, quarterback like we were or, or whatever um that doesn't that means that we're not you know a 40 year old you know doing whatever we want to be doing in our current reality so when we let our energy scatter like this um or our energy has scattered like this we're more likely to not be present but also in a real way we're likely to not be happy meaning yeah. that we can't fully be content with our lives if there are pieces of us kind of out there, pieces of us missing, pieces of us longing for, you know, other places, other events, other times. Well, and also sort of gather enough of ourselves to be clear if we really aren't happy with our current life, the how to take steps to, you know, better align with the blueprint. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And so yeah. there are so many people I talk to who use spiritual spirituality is kind of an escape mechanism and for me and the way that i teach and the way that a lot of other of my teachers 
have taught is really that a spirituality is intended to be a coming home, a kind of consolidating of who you are and living your truth and knowing how to do that and really just kind of being happy with your life, whatever it may contain difficulties or not. And so learning how to do something like courting, especially, you know, even at the basic level, but especially at, you know, figuring out where else you might be um, or what other events you may be at or any of the other things that I talk about um, really can lead you to feel more content in your in your daily life as well. So could you talk a little bit, Mary, about the kind of the relationship you see between um, kind of this healthy energetic hygiene and, and under, being aware of courting and kind of maintaining um, a healthy dynamic there um, kind of in contrast to shielding. Yeah, so um, I have quite a few people who contact me and send me articles and all that sort of stuff who have learned how to do shielding. Some of them have done this in an incredibly conscious manner, meaning that they have learned or they have journeying, journeyed to um, put all these thought forms up of shields or, you know, have created talismans or, or something like that, utilizing their own energy. What happens is that if we use our own energy or even what we think of as outer energy um, to shield, is that we may be protecting ourselves or think we're protecting ourselves, but typically what happens, and again, I would go in like 99% of cases, um, is that we are not only um, thinking that we're protecting ourselves from quote-unquote the bad, but we're also not allowing flow in, meaning that we're not allowing ourselves to experience the good as well. And on top of that, most people who shield on a consistent basis um, are doing so utilizing their own energy, meaning that they're going to get tired really quickly. Um, they're going to kind of run down their batteries. So shielding is good for emergency situations. Um, but in terms of a consistent practice, what it does is it really drains people. And um, ideally, we would be in kind of what I call a flow state, meaning that our physical bodies, our physical energies, um, the area that surrounds us, our field, would be clear and would be flowing enough that energies, whether they be good, bad, or ugly, would come through us and would just naturally flow through us. It takes some tools to be able to learn how to do that, but it is very possible. And with that comes all sorts of wonderful things like vital energy, opportunities, knowing exactly who you are, and most of all, just not like draining yourself or feeling fatigued all the time. So that your uh, last statement just brought me to, could you talk a little bit about um, how to approach discovering that you are corded to an energy that you might now perceive of as maybe darker than you want to be connected to or negative in some way? I mean, these are really tricky words, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do what you mean. I do know what you mean. Um, so I do a fair amount of spirit release in my practice, meaning that people will realize that they're, that they have an energy with them that may not be, you know, friendly or maybe what they refer to as dark or they'll use all sorts of words. But um, one of the things that can happen is that we can become corded to these energies. Um, and I'll use an example just so it's really clear. I've worked with a fair amount of people who maybe were not in the best home situation when they were a young child. So let's pick um, a five-year-old. Um, and a darker energy comes to this child and says, okay, I'll protect you if you want to let me in. And the child says, that sounds great. I'd love to, some protection, you know, from this environment. So they have created a cord or essentially a contract with one another. And then these people grow up and they get to be 30, you know, 35, 50, 60, 70, you know, something like that. And they realize that they have an energy with them. Um, and they have gone to healers after healers after, you know, spirit releasers or shamans or whatever you want to call. And they're like, this energy keeps on coming back. And there are one or two reasons for that. One is that they're not ready to release that energy. Um, 
or I guess three reasons. Two, they went to a healer that that didn't know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, or three, they they went to some sort of healer that didn't release the contract of the accord between the two of them. So, what happens is then that the that the energy leaves the body and just basically returns. Um, so in general, I suggest that people go see, if they think that they have a cord like this, go to see somebody that specializes in, in spirit release, um, particularly if they're, you know, if they think that it isn't a, what I call a former human, meaning something that's really dark or, or something like that, because that takes kind of specialized skills. Um, but it is through kind of uncovering all of these layers and working through the basic work that we may realize and have the understanding, you know what, something strange happened when I was five, and there's this sort of darkness with me, and now that I've cleared all of this other stuff, I can really see at the core that there's this energy with me that isn't mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, talk a little bit about what a contract is, if you would, because I've noticed that this is a, a piece of this work that has been kind of dropped in the in the New Age version, and and I always found it a really powerful part of what I learned a long time ago. So talk a little bit about what a contract is. Yeah, understanding contracts is actually incredibly important because um, we, on some level, um, form unconscious or sometimes conscious. Um, pacts or um, kind of contracts, understandings, or create decisions for ourselves at a specific age that creates a contract. Um, And I'll talk about this just kind of concretely in two ways. One is that a contract may be formed or an understanding may be formed from the outside coming in, such as if we are a 15-year-old and our mother says to us, um, you'll never amount to anything. That's a kind of contract, meaning that we have not only kind of that part of our cord with our mother, um, but we may find later in life that we have a hard time amounting to anything because we unconsciously form this contract and accepted kind of this contract from our mother that we will never amount to anything. And the second way is that we can form a contract with others. And again, this is kind of unconscious, but in a lot of our relationships, we may find that Um, we have a specific need, and this is typically based in trauma um, and uh, acting out old patterns, kind of cyclic patterns again and again um, with somebody else. So we may find ourselves in a relationship again and again that is like our our father who is an abusive alcoholic. Um, And so we have formed a contract with ourselves essentially that that is what we can expect, that is what we can realize, and typically we've done this at a pretty early age, although we can make contracts like kind of with ourselves or with other people um, at any time in, uh, at any time in our lives. So it is really important to to release those contracts and to have the understandings of decisions that you've made at specific um, times in your life that may have been even appropriate or understandable at the time, but like that five-year-old who's taking on that dark, you know, dark spirit in terms of protective energy, that might have been the best that she could do as a five-year-old. But as a 40-year-old or 50-year-old, guess what? She doesn't need that contract anymore and it can be, it can be let go of. And that's the important thing for people to recognize is they were your decisions, so you can unmake them make mm-hmm. new decisions. And if we don't, if we leave that piece out, we get back in that whole cyclical thing where the cords keep returning, that recognizing that level of choice and being able to let that choice go uh, or make a new choice, like you said, that's more appropriate for a 40-year-old, um, is an important part of, of the clearing. It's not magical. <laughs> it's um, intentional. Yeah, and so a lot of people don't realize that we really are, we are spirit, mind, body. And if we take care of something spiritual, even if it is something hardcore, like I work with people who have been cursed a fair amount, and even if the curse is taken care of on a spiritual level or the cord is taken care of on a spiritual level, they still have to work through kind of the mental dynamics of it. They have to release a lot of or might experience a lot of the emotions of it, meaning feeling of betrayal, 
feeling of wounding, feeling of, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened to me, um, as well as taking care of the mundane physical things, such as if they were in an abusive relationship where they cleared a cord with, um, they might need to find a new apartment to live in, move to another city, you know, something like that. So it's through taking care of all of those, you know, kind of mind, body, and spirit that we can really make, you know, a powerful impact on our lives. But too often in spiritual work, we focus just on the spiritual work um, and especially not on the physical body. Or we, in a lot of spiritual work, a lot of people focus really on the mental without understanding that that is different than the spiritual and different than the physical. And on that note... We resound that in hallelujah praise and move on here. So on that note, Mary, thank you um, for joining us today. So Mary's book is available and you can find it. Again, it's called The Complete Chord Course. And so she, as she referred today to the course, it's there in the book. So it's, it's all there laid out in really beautiful, step-by-step, very practical, doable, um, with lots of encouragement. <laughs> um, and I also want to bring up that Mary um, is teaching a five-week, e- teaches a five-week email-based course on spiritual cleansing um, and also three to six-month individually guided programs um, for people via email to help them in developing proper tools, spiritual relationships, and understandings with their own abilities. Um, and that Mary can be reached at maryshutan, S-H-U-T-A-N.com. So thank you so much for joining us, Mary. Um, And so I also want to thank the ancestors for being with us here today. I thank the earth below, the sky above, the heart that unites us all. And I also want to give gratitude to all of the many teachers, embodied and otherwise, who have helped Mary become the amazing practitioner that she is to give all of this um, to the world today. So thank you everyone for listening and oh, and I forgot to mention there are two more places in the clearing class here in Portland, um, October 23rd through 25th. Um, So if you're interested, uh, only two places remaining. So please register through the website at lastmasscenter.org. Thank you everyone. Have a great week.